Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Inspires Believe Cast. Once again, thanks for tuning in week after week. I, I really do appreciate all your support and your love and for sharing these episodes with people. We are truly trending and it's because of you guys. So thank you for being a faithful supporter of this. And it does mean a lot to me. Um, I do need to give a shout out to our sponsors, Wasatch Recovery, uh, I Hill Institute, Drew Peterson, um, Living Recovery Interventions. And I got a few uh, silent sponsors that just, they don't want recognition, but I'm just going to tell you, thanks. You know who you are. <laughs> uh, thank you for supporting this and helping us get the word out. And again, thanks for tuning in. Today, we're joined by an amazing person, Chris Marabelli. Chris, thank you for joining us. Of course. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, you guys are going to love his story, guys. Uh, very successful person. Uh, he's passionate about thriving in life and living living life to its fullest. And uh, you guys are going to love his story. But let me give you a little background on Chris. He's an entrepreneur. He's a brain tumor survivor, which I want to know more about. He's also the youngest winner of the NYU Stern Business Plan Competition. That in itself is pretty amazing. Um, you're known for beating the odds. Uh, he he hit success early with Hotlist. It was a startup that acquired nearly a quarter of a billion people's social plans and caught the interest of both Google and Facebook. But then another business, underhanded dealings, uh, bankrupted his company. And then he had a break in his apartment that left him penniless, which we're going to know more about here. So he hit rock bottom. Um, but he's he's moved on. He's, he's figured things out. Um, he focuses on living well um, with his childhood, you know, bout with his brain tumor. It got him passionate about figuring out how to live better. Uh, he calls himself a self-proclaimed citizen scientist <laughs> um, where he's experimented with supplements, diet and exercise to find the secret to living long, healthy life. If you saw Chris right now, which you'll see him eventually, he looks amazing. He looks like he's 22 years old. And uh, he also founded Novus, which is the, um, a company that uh, targets nine mechanisms of aging to increase longevity, which we're going to also learn more about. But uh, the list goes on and on and on. Chris has done a lot of things. And Chris, I just, again, can't thank you enough for being here. Thanks for joining us. Of course. Of course. Very happy to be here. Yeah. So why don't we start, Chris? Tell us where you grew up and maybe a little bit about your childhood. And then obviously you had a brain tumor when you were younger and maybe get into that as well. Sure. So I grew up in Long Island, New York. Um, okay. I, I had an interest in science since a, an early age. Uh, when I was about six years old, I, I recall I wanted to become a geologist. I was just mm -hmm. mesmerized by uh, gemstones and uh, rocks and minerals and uh, started to, to pursue that. Uh, and then when I was about uh, 11 or so, 10 or 11, uh, my interest shifted to physics of, mm. of all things. I, I read yeah. a book called The Cartoon Guide to Physics and I was just uh, amazed by that. I was a little bit of an introvert, so okay. I really did enjoy you know just reading and learning about, uh, at the time, uh, the science uh, and the interest that I had in that. 
Yeah. Uh, when I was 12 years old, I was in a bookstore and I got a little distracted and I was by the uh, magazine section and I saw Men's Health magazine. And okay. uh, that that was that was a, a, a it, one sense it, it marks a, a turning point in my life where mm. I was really interested in health. Like I, I saw the, the people in great shape in the magazine. And, yeah. you know, as a 12 year old boy, I, I had no muscles, but I wanted to <laughs> I wanted to earn them. I wanted to build them and and uh, be in, in better shape and better health. And so I started to follow it uh, somewhat religiously. The, the diet plans that they, they would recommend, which at the time was the high protein, low fat, high carb type of diet, which has kind of fallen out of favor more recently. <laughs> yeah. um, the, uh, the workout routines, I, I recall uh, you know, telling my dad, I want I want a gym in the basement. And he's like, well, <laughs> we're not gonna just get you a gym. So we went to Home Depot and uh, we pur we purchased a, a steel pipe and okay. a bicycle chain, and we just we screwed it into the rafters in the basement, and that became my pull up bar. And every oh, single wow. day, I'd come home from school, I'd start doing <laughs> pull ups and get my workout in before then uh, doing my homework. Wow, that's awesome! So you're very, very obviously, like you said, very obsessed with doing that. Yeah, yeah, very, very uh, focused on on it. Yeah, obsession is is a good word <laughs> as well to to describe it. Uh, but I, I was stopped suddenly in my tracks to your point about the brain tumor. So I was uh, 16 years old. I was in New York City on a uh, on an extracurricular trip. I, I went to the Federal Reserve Bank. I was interested in economics at that time, and um, I was listening to a speech. And then suddenly I started to feel lightheaded, and um, I thought that maybe it was because I didn't have breakfast that morning. I, my yeah. mom always fed me breakfast. And <laughs> really? so I said, I, let, let, me, let me give it a minute. I didn't want to cause a scene and, with the speaker. So I said, let me give it a minute. I'll count to 10. And if I'm still not feeling good, I'll get up and get some help. Yeah. So I count, I get to uh, seven or eight and that was it. I, I, next thing I knew I woke up and oh. I was on the floor. I had blood all over my shirt and it had, turned out I had had a seizure. I had severed my tongue. Oh, um, I, I, I feel worse for the, for the kids in the room having to witness this. That must've been a really yeah. traumatizing experience for them. Um, but the very first thing I re recalled doing was, um, searching for my contact lenses because they were brand new. I just had them that week. And I recall my mom saying, uh, uh, be careful with these. They're expensive. They need to last you a month. And it was only a few days. And so the very first thing I'm thinking of after a yeah. seizure is where are my contacts? <laughs> but um, next thing you know, they, they uh, rushed me to the hospital and I had to wait for my parents to come uh, because I was a minor. And then they uh, uh, gave me a CAT scan. And in one of the most emotional moments of my life, I was laying in the yeah. uh, ER uh, and, um, the doctor spoke to my father um, outside of the curtain and then the doctor entered and I saw my dad behind him and I never saw my dad look distraught like this before. Oh, man. My mom's holding my hand and mm. um, and we, we both start to tear up and then he says uh, that they found a large mass above my left ear uh, and that it's a brain tumor. And mm. it turned out that it was larger than a golf ball. So this had been growing for, for years. Wow. And next thing you know, they rushed me to NYU Medical Center 
which would later become my alma mater, NYU, that is. and uh, we, um, it, it was just a series of testing at the hospital at that point, and then essentially emergency surgery just a few days later. My goodness, I can imagine kind of the, the gut-wrenching feeling your whole family felt, but then how did you feel when you heard, hey, you have a brain tumor? Like what, what went through you when you heard that? Uh, great question. You know, when you hear people say like their life flash before their eyes. I actually did have an experience like that. Maybe not the same as, as someone who like, uh, is like literally seeing the white light from like a near death experience. But, um, I, I saw like experiences with my mom and my dad and my childhood and, um, all of the things that I, I wanted to achieve. So looking forward as well, all of the things I hadn't done yet. Um, and, and just thinking this might all come to an end. And, um, I remember looking in my mom's eyes while we were crying when this was happening, uh, when the news was delivered to us and just feeling like, like thousands of words were being communicated between the two of us thing to each other. It just felt like there was this connection, unlike any connection I've ever felt since it was just a one-time event in my life at this point. Um, and, um, those, those were the immediate thoughts. Now, after that, it may have been just part of a, I don't know, survival mechanism or reaction that, that my mind went into a different state. Mm. I, I then, I didn't cry anymore. Um, I was very, I I became very optimistic. Like everything's going to be okay. I was, I was focused on calming my mother and my father and my family and friends saying, everything's all right. Don't worry. Mm. Uh, I kind of went into a different place and it was only, when they were finally wheeling me into the operation and um, my brother, my mom and dad were there and, and then the nurse is, is about to wheel me in and they, the nurse had said, okay, we have to bring you in now, um, say goodbye. And that the permanence of the word goodbye was yeah. it struck me, not yeah. like so long or see you soon or <laughs> yeah. anything like that. And, yeah. um, and that's when it hit me again. But before I knew it, they, they put me under and, um, I woke up next thought. The next memory I have was waking up in the recovery room and being in, this is very detailed, but being, um, in a lot of pain between my legs because there was a catheter <laughs> and I was oh, starting yeah. to feel pain from that. And I, yeah. I didn't even know what a catheter was at the time. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so that was part of what woke me and I turned my head to the left. And I saw my mom, my dad, my brother, my aunts, my uncles, just cheering, jumping up and down, oh, crying, man. hugging oh. each other because I was alive. Like yeah. they didn't know if I would wake up. And it was, I, although I was kind of like in a fog, a haze from, from uh, all of the drugs that they had put me on for the operation, uh, I, 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 I still remember that uh, distinctly, that moment. Man, I, that just, I can feel, you know, you, you really paint a really good picture there and I can really feel the emotion behind this. And I can't imagine how excited they were to see you come out of this. It, it, did they, at that point, you know, did you feel like, okay, I made it through the hardest part. I'm going to get through the rest of this, you know, rehabilitation that you may have had to gone through. Um, how, what, what was your outlook at that point after you got out of there? 
So admittedly, part of that period is somewhat hazy for me. Uh, there was, you know, inflammation from the, the operation itself. Okay. There was yeah. anti-seizure medication that they put me on, which also just slowed me down. And, um, you know, for, for the, the weeks and months thereafter, my, my memory was shot. So I was in high school at the time. I was in a few advanced classes. And I recall that like I, I had a tutor that the school provided to me to come to my home to try to keep me up to speed. And I recall I couldn't even repeat a sentence. So my history teacher would read a sentence to me and say, can you repeat what I'm about to read to you? And they read it and I couldn't wow. repeat it. That's how okay. bad my memory was. Wow. Uh, with that said, I would say that post-op was a lot more emotional for me. And I learned a lot more from that than pre-op. So pre-op, okay. I went into that mode that I mentioned. But afterwards, I went from, for example playing football on the high school football team and uh admittedly a couple of times going out and partying with my you know my friends <laughs> yeah, sure. and uh, experimenting with beer uh yeah. <laughs> to uh, like writing poetry and journal entries by myself uh in the woods on a friday night it was oh, a wow. major transformation in terms of uh, yeah. like self-exploration asking myself existential questions um really you know, th this is another, you know, emotional thing, but, but my mother passed away a couple of years ago from pancreatic cancer. And, um, that was a really difficult experience, but I, I recall f coming across the journal that I wrote in, uh, almost coincidentally, like I, yeah. I, it was, it was almost somewhat serendipitous that I came across it in, in the home I grew up in where my mm -hmm. mom was living and I shared it with her and she was crying because the things that I was writing about when I was going through the, the um, experience with the brain tumor and the questions I was asking were questions she was asking herself now at um, about 70 years old um, and, and facing cancer. So it was that that made me realize that a, a lot of the things I was thinking back then were kind of almost giving me a peek into the future of what might be when I'm older. And if yeah. if if in a, in a bad case, a chronic illness does affect me again. Um, and, and that also plays a lot into, as you mentioned before, the company I have now, the rationale for why I would create a company like this is because this, this is kind of laying the, the groundwork or planting the seeds for what I would then end up focusing on for my life to this point. Yeah. Wow. You know, you, you, you bring up a really good point. I really do believe life happens for us as hard as it can be. But like you probably wouldn't be doing what you're doing now had you not gone through all of that. Um, would you? Would you? Do you believe that? Yes, one hundred percent. I I say that actually. Uh, I believe that the experience with the brain tumor was the greatest experience I've ever had, um, wow. and I would never want to go through it again, and I would never wish it right. on someone. Right. But <laughs> having gone through it, it transformed my, my perspective on life, on myself, on what I wanted to get out of it. Um, and it, it, you know, one, one of the, one of the realizations I came to during the recovery was that, um, I, I grew an appreciation for, for pain. Mm -hmm. I grew an appreciation for, for both psychological and physical pain, yeah. um, in the sense that I was alive to be able to experience it. The thought yeah. 
the alternative was I could have been gone and not even able to yeah. have any experiences. And the fact that I am here to be able to experience it, obviously I don't want pain, I want pleasure, yeah. but the fact that I can experience it was uh, in my mind, a gift that I was blessed to still be here to be able to experience. Yeah. And yeah, what a, what, a, what, what lessons you learned because of you went, went through that is, I mean, like you said, you wouldn't trade it for anything. Um, and I, I find that very inspiring and it gives me hope and anyone listening to this who are going through some, maybe some struggles that, you know, as you push through these and make it through this, you will one day look back and go, man, I'm glad as hard as it was that I went through those things. And, and now you're doing all these amazing things now, which kind of, I want to get into as well, but, uh, thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that part of your life with us. Sure. Of course. Yeah, man. Very well said. Well, you know, you've been through a lot of ups and downs, not just, you know, with your own health mentally and physically, but also in business. <laughs> um, you've, <laughs> yes. you've had some ups and downs. We mentioned in, uh, in your intro that, you know, you, you had this business going that was going really well. And then, uh, you know, with another business underhanding dealings kind of affected you in a way where you ended up, you know, going bankrupt and then you got robbed. Do you mind sharing that story with us and what happened there? Sure, sure. So a little bit of a backstory. Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll keep it short. But I, I was also very interested in, in technology. And mm -hmm. uh, when I was 15 years old, I started programming for um, a company in New York City. And that company uh, was a startup. It was during the, the you know, the, the tech boom of, of the late nineties. Oh, okay. And, uh, so I, I saw the, the boom and I saw the collapse as well, but going through that experience, uh, it, it, it solidified the thought in my mind that I wanted to become an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. I went on to study at NYU Stern. I studied business and finance, and I kind of fell into the trap of my classmates of, of being seduced by the allure of investment banking and yeah. private equity and like all of the the, you know, the big bucks that are associated with it. And so yeah. I, I spent one year in private equity and okay. I was miserable. I couldn't stand it. Uh, and you know, forget about the money. Uh, right. it, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't me. It wasn't yeah. speaking to me. So, uh, I, I started working on the side on the concept for a, a company called at the time it was called college hotlist. Eventually we evolved into hotlist. Okay. And uh, it was a social network focused on the real world. So what are things happening around you in the real mm -hmm. world? So okay. using the network, the digital tools to uh, enable you to interact more in the real world, in the physical world. Okay. And I started this with, with some friends of mine. And uh, we ended up winning, as you mentioned before, the NYU Stern Business Plan Competition. Yeah. And that was the trigger for me to quit my my job okay. and to start on the entrepreneurial journey, which was far, far more difficult than I had anticipated <laughs> it to be. Yeah, I hear that a lot with people that will go into that. <laughs> yes. Yes. It was much more difficult. Um, a lot more downs than ups. It's a, it's a roller coaster The you know, the ups are amazing, but it's just, it's constant, constantly, uh, yeah. you know, uh, constant struggle to, to, to proceed, um, yeah. or, or to achieve. But uh, eventually we, we were achieving with this, this company. So yeah. um, we got to the point where 
I was asked to open up NASDAQ in New York City and uh, I was on television and my, my, the video of me was all over the Times Square billboards. It was like a dream uh, going through that experience. I, I, um, we had different accolades for the business. We scaled, as you okay. mentioned, to more than 200 million people's social plans on the platform. Amazing. Um, and, and we were really starting to get some good momentum. At the same time, we weren't generating revenue because startup companies in the technology space and social networking were really advised, as you saw with Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and so on, to just focus on user growth first. And when you have enough users, then you'll worry about monetization. And yeah. so we were, we were following that plan of action. And so we weren't generating revenue and we were burning through cash while we were also growing our subscriber base. But it, it was many years at this point, um, I don't recall exactly, but maybe about six or seven years into the company at this point. And we were approached by some potential acquirers, some big okay. names. Yeah. And uh, uh, ultimately, there was one company that was based in Asia that um, I, I shouldn't really disclose, but they, they uh, are a very large company and they said that they would like to acquire us. And so mm -hmm. we started the due diligence process where we opened up our books full kimono as they say and we show yeah. everything right yeah. and um, the process was taking longer than it should uh, we our runway our financial runway was getting shorter and shorter and we were down to like almost zero dollars in the bank account and then i would go to investors and try to convince them to give us a, a small check to keep the business open so that we could close this deal and yeah. so every, every morning I was waking up in a cold sweat thinking I've got employees yeah. with families and children yeah. they need to support. And I don't know if I can make the next payroll. And so this was happening over the course of, uh, probably two out of those four months, uh, every day waking up like this. Yeah, and wow. it was, it was really, really stress inducing, um, during this process. Hurricane Sandy hit New York City where I was living in Manhattan and yeah. and my building got flooded. So I was I wasn't even like on the edge of the island, but the water rose and my building was 52 stories. The basement, which had cars in it, it was a parking garage, um, got flooded. The gasoline from those cars escaped and it made oh. it into a safety hazard. So the city shut the whole building down and I was out of an apartment and I had to figure out what I was going to do. Fortunately, uh, I have a cousin who had a vacation home in Florida uh, that he wasn't using, and I asked if I could just stay there while this was being sorted out, and, yeah, and right. he, he let me. So I went there for about a month, and while there, uh, the person who was in charge of the acquisition told me on a call that essentially, in a few words, thank you for sharing everything about your company. We're going to try to create our own version of Hotlist in Asia, and we oh, will check no. back in with you in a year. Oh. And my heart sunk. We had oh. no, no funds left to be able to uh, continue running the business. I had to deliver the, the difficult news to all of the employees. Uh, we went from the possibility of you know, me being a, a multimillionaire yeah. to... Uh, having practically nothing uh, because all the while I wasn't paying myself much. Uh, the savings I accumulated during my one year in private yeah. equity, I had spent through. And yeah. so I practically had zero dollars in the bank. 
And the only things I had was some, some um, nice possessions. Uh, like, for example, right. one of my investors had given me a nice baseball collection of the New York Yankees autographed balls. It was worth yeah. a pretty penny. Sure. Um, yeah. So I, I, I had some possessions, right? And so when I finally got back to my apartment, I opened the door and I found that they were all gone. Oh, uh, man. I was robbed. Um, no one was supposed to be allowed in the building. Uh, yeah. but you know, most likely someone who worked in the building, um, yeah. while all of the lights are out, no power, no electricity, no one's living there anymore. Yeah. Uh, they just broke into some of the apartments and they, they took, they took my possessions. And so I went from oh, yeah. being in the newspaper yeah. and on television for my company to all of a sudden being in the newspaper for the robbery of my apartment. And it was, you know, it, that kind of speaks to the high and the low of that journey for me. Well, yeah. So now you're rock bottom. I mean, and this is, you know, you've been through a lot already in your life. You've already explained very well to us. You hit rock bottom. I mean, how did you, what were you thinking and how did you kind of pull yourself out of that? Because it would be very deflating, obviously. It's like almost like giving up. Like, what do I do at this point? I've already given my all. So how did you pull yourself out of that? It, it, it was very deflating. Um, you know, one of the things that that happened to me was a lot of my self identity was was invested in in my company yeah, and into its success sure. yeah. so for years when i whenever i would i would see friends or family or even like old high school friends at an event or something they'd say oh i saw you on this show or i saw hotless is doing so well they'd ask questions about it and so on yeah. and now it wasn't there some people yeah. didn't know, so they would ask the question, and I would have to say, we shut down, yeah. uh, which was oh. especially painful. But in sure. other cases, I, I, I just felt like what I had invested my entire being into, like this is something that day and night and sleeping and waking up from dreams is all about this company, right? Yeah. Uh, even my best friend was my co-founder. So when we would go out, we would still talk about the company. It was yeah. my life. And now yeah. it's completely gone. So it's almost like losing a loved one, if you will. For sure. Um, it's like and a death so, of family, yeah. Sort of, yeah. And I, um, I, I, was, I was lost. Uh, I, I immediately hit the ground running, though, trying to start another company. And, and that was the wrong decision. Uh, I, I should have taken some time to really recollect myself and, yeah. and think through things. And... Um, and that company was, was short-lived. Um, and, and then that's when it really hit me. And I, I started to um, reflect on it. And, and I actually started reading the work of, a, of, of all people. It was just really random. An, an Indian spiritualist named Jiddu Krishnamurti, who uh, it, it was just a series of happenstance that brought me to reading his book. It goes all the way back to my senior year in college when I was sitting in Washington Square Park in New York City, and this older man in his 80s suggested that I read the work. I purchased really? the book, ne never read it, uh, and then other coincidental things happened. Uh, a, a friend of mine had a friend visiting from Russia and saw the book and then started talking about it and saying how important it was uh, to her life. And I was like, you know what, let me just pick up this book and read it now. Yeah. And it was transformative uh, for me in the sense that it's, it's a very difficult read in the sense of it's not hard to actually you know, read the words on the page and comprehend them, but to, yeah. it, 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 it causes you to question so much of your life. 
Oh, and wow. and 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 the 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 things you consider to be truths of life. Yeah. Uh, and if you, I use the analogy of an onion, like it, yeah. it, it requires that you now start peeling back layers of that onion and get to okay. a whole new state. And that's very difficult to do. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's extremely transformative. And, uh, I, I started questioning so many different things in, in my life. I questioned why I want the things I want in life, why success is important to me. Uh, what am I really looking to achieve from this? What am I looking to derive from it? Uh, I, I would, I would meditate. I'd start observing myself and the decisions I'm making, making, and much like a child, I would ask myself the question, why repetitively? So, um, you know, I might do something and then I'd say, or I might react to someone. Someone might say something to me and I react in a certain way. And then I'd say, why am I reacting this way? And then that answer I'd say, okay, but why? And then that answer, I'd say, okay, but why? All the way until (laughs) I get to this point where I'm satisfied, feeling like, okay, now I'm really understanding myself and my my operating system, so to speak, of why I make the decisions that I make and why I do the things I do. And that really brought me to a whole new place in terms of my values and what I'm looking for in my life. And um, in many ways, uh, has brought me again to the, the, the point that I am now with, with the business that I'm focusing on now. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. That's powerful. You know, um, obviously we talked about the ups and downs and one of the things you do to kind of keep yourself grounded and focused is you focus on living well, what does that mean? And then let's talk about your business, uh, Novos. Is that how you say that? Close. Novos. Novos. Sorry. Sorry. Very Novos. Close. Sorry about yep. that. Um, but let's talk about what that living well looks like for you and then kind of why you're doing this business and, you know, how you have done so much research on how to stay young and maybe stop the aging process and all these amazing things you're involved with now. Sure. So, you know, going back to the, the theme from the beginning of me being interested in health, when I picked up that issue of men's health magazine and then proceeding through my life, uh, when I was in my, my late twenties and early thirties, I, I had, I had uh, some, some health issues, not, not anything particularly severe, but like, I wasn't really feeling great. I was feeling fatigued in the afternoon, even with a lot of sleep at night. Uh, I had, uh, GI issues. I I just, I wasn't at my peak state and I started, I started researching, uh, what might cause these issues. And I started self-experimentation, which I do to this day, just focused on different outcomes. But the outcomes back then were to try to figure out, for example, why am I feeling fatigued in the afternoon? Um, And, or lethargic more is is a better uh, word to describe it. So it's just very tired and needing to take a nap. Um, Or why did I have this gastrointestinal upset? And I started experimenting with different diets and with different supplements. And I came to realize that, for example, uprooting my diet and eating a very clean, quote unquote, uh, plant-based diet and uh, a lot of healthy foods, avoiding processed foods, I started to feel better. My gastrointestinal symptoms abated and I was getting to a better place, but I still wasn't there. Um, I started to then add different supplements into my routine, especially for 
critical nutrients like vitamin D or vitamin A, um, uh, different minerals like magnesium and potassium and so on. And I started to elevate myself to another level. And then ultimately I figured out the reason I was feeling so, uh, so tired in the afternoons was because there were certain foods that I was sensitive to, specifically okay. nuts more than anything else. I was eating lots of almonds and cashews, you know, they're very healthy and I yeah. enjoyed them. <laughs> but for me personally, this isn't for most people, but I personally have a reaction to it where after two to three hours, I have to take a nap. It's probably an immune reaction that oh, yeah. my immune system is activated. And as you know, when you're sick, you get tired. So yeah. my immune system is just suddenly activated for something in the nut, maybe a protein in it. And that makes me tired and sleepy. And when I eliminated those nuts and the combination with a healthier diet and with the supplements, I felt like a completely different person. Wow. It, it, it just brought me to an, a, another level in terms of my energy, uh, my lucidness. So just being like fully present and aware and noticing things more colors and, and, uh, and sounds and just being aware of my environment, being more present in my mind, all of these yeah. things started to come. So back to your question, like living well, I think one of the most core fundamental things is making sure that you're taking care of the things you're putting into your body. Yeah. I, I coming, coming from somewhat of a tech technology background, I, I, I like to think of this in terms of data, like the molecules you put into your body are literally pieces of data that your body is then, is then reacting to and okay. is then going to, um, uh, either cause inflammation in an inflammatory environment that's going to make you feel worse and it will accelerate aging, for example, or it's going to lead you to feel better. Um, it can impact your neurotransmitters and your mood like serotonin and dopamine and GABA and so on. So all of these things are really largely dependent on what, what you're putting into your body. And so people who are down or depressed or are, are just not feeling the energy they, they used to, I, I suggest as one of the, the most fundamental things to do is to watch your diet, your nutrients, making sure you're getting an adequate amount of all of that. Give it a few months, don't okay. give up after a few weeks. Yeah. And then other things start to fall into place, like you'll probably sleep better. Better sleep leads to better mood, yeah. better energy, better memory, so on and so forth. So they are all connected with each other, but gotcha. I think that the diet and the, the nutrition aspect is one of the most important aspects to it. Yeah. Sleep is a big one for me. Like I know if I get, if I get the right amount of sleep, man, I, I, I thrive that day. I, I can remember things better. I have more energy. Uh, if my sleep gets interrupted somehow, it's like, man, it really does affect the, your mood throughout that day. Exactly. And, and the thing about sleep is it's, it's, pretty delicate, right? So yeah. there's so many different things that can impact sleep. For example, you have your circadian rhythm and yeah. you, you literally entrain your circadian rhythm with things like yeah. light. So if you have too much light at night, that's going to, uh, have a negative impact on the rhythm. If you have the right amount in the morning, it's a positive effect, but also even diet. So, um, not simply what foods are you eating, but when are you eating those foods? Are you eating them mm -hmm. within two to three hours of bedtime? Well, that can have a negative impact on your sleep and on your blood sugar the next day, which can also affect, affect how you function for the day. Uh, so there's yeah. so many different aspects 
that go go into it. But not to be intimidating, there are certain simple rules people can follow to just make sure that they're eating the right things and they're they're living the the proper lifestyle to really have a strong um, strong sleep regimen. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. And I, I'm really fascinated by that. I, I try to take care of myself. I work out every day. I try to eat clean. I call it eat clean, meaning yeah. I try to just stay away from fatty foods and, you know, hamburgers and fries, which is my weakness. <laughs> <laughs> I love those things. Well, you, because of this, you created a, a company called Novos. Talk about that and what, what's your mission there and what are you trying to do and accomplish there? Sure. So uh, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story behind it being yeah. founded. So I, I have obviously, I, I, I research health and I experiment. And one of the questions I was always asking myself was, is the intervention that, that I'm experimenting with good for me, both in the long term and the short term? You always hear about the short term benefits like lose yeah. weight or improve your energy with this, you know, supplement right, and, yeah. and so on, right? But like, how is this going to affect me 20 years down the road or yeah, 50 years right. down the road, right? right? The ketogenic diet is very popular right now, but that is typically high in saturated fats. And I know from myself with my, my data, it, yeah. it rose my cholesterol considerably, right? So, so yeah. these are the questions I started asking, and it's a concept. It known in biology as antagonistic pleiotrophy, which is what's good for you today can come back and harm you tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Not everything, but certain things like sun exposure gives you vitamin D today and nitric oxide today, but in the long term, it can come back as a melanoma, for example, yeah, right? right. So with this in mind, I started to look for things that were, were likely to be good for me in the short and long term. And that led me down the path of longevity medicine which is an area of medicine, of, of science, where scientists are examining what causes aging. And by understanding what causes aging, if we can counteract those causes, we can extend healthy lifespan. So we like to say at, at Novos, at my company, to be younger for longer. So mm -hmm. how can you like um, avoid chronic illnesses for as long as possible? How can you feel as energized and as youthful as possible for as long as possible. So ideally it ends up extending your lifespan too. So instead of passing yeah. away at 80, maybe you pass away at a hundred, but not a hundred and decrepit a hundred. And yeah. you know, maybe until your 99th birthday, you're feeling great. Right? <laughs> right. So, yeah, right. So that's the ultimate goal. Uh, a, a quick, funny story about that. I going, coming back to the brain tumor experience, NYU Medical Center, I was volunteering there with the children in the pediatric ward to give back to the hospital that had spared my life. And so uh, while there, I was leaving one day and I saw a poster on the wall for what was called the mitochondrial summit. And that wouldn't catch most people's attention, but for me, with my interest, that, that was exciting. I took a look at it and I saw the names of researchers whose work I was familiar with from my interest in longevity. And so I said, I have to go to this event. Yeah. And so at that event, I started asking the scientists questions about natural compounds, over the counter uh, compounds that I saw research could impact these causes of aging. And I wanted to hear directly from the scientists if they were familiar with this research and what they thought of it. I wanted to know if they were going to be like a lot of medical doctors are where they're kind of, you know, they, they don't respect the power of, of 
natural substances nearly as much as they do pharma drugs, yeah. uh, or if, if there was promise to it. And uh, I, I heard, heard firsthand from these scientists that they were very optimistic about these ingredients and the potential mm. positive effects they could have on the aging process. And that was enough for me to say, I want to start a business in this space because everything else in the space was biotech. So these are things that are five, 10, 20 years away. They're typically invasive. They're everything from the extreme like DNA modification to the more familiar, like inventing a new molecule and then selling it as, as a prescription. Uh, but even then, these drugs need to be created uh, to, to cope with a specific medical indication. It has to be for a disease state because the FDA doesn't treat aging as a disease. And therefore, uh, the, the guidance is that you need to create a drug that deals with a specific disease. And so that kind okay. of limits these companies uh, yeah. in terms of the scope of what they can focus on. Uh, they also need to do just like one drug with one target rather than if you're using natural ingredients, you can combine multiple drugs for multiple targets, or I shouldn't say drugs, although technically they are natural substances for, yeah, for, right. for multiple targets. So what I created is, uh, is a company called Novos. You can find it at novoslabs.com. Okay. That is the very first company to address all of the mechanisms of aging simultaneously. So you, you mentioned it at the beginning at the, in the intro, um, what's known as the nine mechanisms of aging. Yeah. This, this was uncovered in a, a seminal paper published in a prestigious journal called Cell, uh, maybe six or seven years ago, okay. where they did a meta-analysis of hundreds of other studies. And they were looking for commonalities across these studies that were looking into aging. And they were able to then create categories of the bio biological reasons why we get older. Okay. Since then, there, there's another one that we've added um, based on scientific advice is a 10th one. Um, but I, I can briefly just mention what those are. So please. If, yeah, if please. people are curious, so you might recognize some of the words and others are going to uh, <laughs> probably be completely foreign, but mitochondrial dysfunction. So mitochondria being the power plants of, of the cells, as you yeah. get older, they don't function as well. So they don't convert fat, protein, and sugar or carbs into uh, energy as well. Cellular senescence. So this is when cells turn into a zombie-like state. Oftentimes this is because it's your immune system arresting a cancerous cell and preventing it from proliferating. Uh, these, the cellular senescence can actually cause other cells to also become senescent. So they release mm -hmm. inflammatory molecules in, in much like a zombie, they create additional zombies. And so ideally you prevent them from wow. proliferating or you, you, you destroy okay. them in the first wow. place. Loss of proteostasis. So this is uh, proteins that start to accumulate inside and outside of our cells and they interfere with the proper function. It's kind of like having say a bunch of garbage bags outside of your home and now you can't get into the entrance anymore. Our immune system should be cleaning up those garbage bags. Yeah. Uh, but when the sanitation service isn't there anymore, the cells can't uh, function properly. There's altered intercellular communication. So this is the communication uh, between cells. So our, our body is like this advanced computer network and all cells are communicating with each other. And because of things like inflammation, uh, the senescent cells I mentioned earlier, dysfunctional stem cells and so on, uh, the, the cells can't communicate. And so they're not working. Organs aren't working like an organ, um, 
anymore. And oh, okay. as an entire organism, we're not, we're not functioning oh. as, as well. Uh, genomic instability. This is something people tend to be familiar with in the sense of DNA damage. Okay. So this can be caused from, for example, uh, UV rays can cause DNA damage, yeah. right? But our body has ways to repair that DNA damage. But as you get older, uh, uh, some of those, the, the damage wasn't repaired and it starts to accumulate. And so there's dysfunction in, in the, the genome as you get older. Next is something that's really exciting. It's called epigenetic alterations. So this is the, the epigenome is like the uh, piano player and your genome or your genes are like the yeah. piano keys. Okay. And so everyone's familiar with the piano keys of the genome, but the epigenome is um, basically which genes are turned on and which genes are turned off. And as you get older, certain genes that should be turned on are turned off and vice versa. And so uh, that then leads to our bodies not functioning the way that they ideally would. And there okay. are researchers looking into ways to try to reverse that. Uh, next is telomere shortening. I'm almost done, I promise, this is number mm -hmm. seven. No, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, telomere shortening, so these are the end caps of the DNA. They're kind of like the, the, the ends of shoelaces. And as you age and as your DNA uh, copies uh, itself, they get shorter and shorter. And so then eventually they get short enough where they can't protect, protect the DNA any longer. Next is deregulated nutrient sensing. So uh, our, our cells eventually become less tuned to nutrient signals, and then that disrupts the cell's ability to produce energy. Okay. Uh, number nine is stem cell exhaustion. So as you age, your stem cells, which are the cells that produce new cells for you, they either die off or they become dysfunctional. And so then our, our tissue is less replenished and less well-maintained. And then finally, the 10th one, which was more recently added, is cross-linking. So cross-linking is, these are sugar-derived bonds. It's part of the reason why diabetics with high blood sugar levels, their, their cells and by extension organs start to not work as well. And it can lead to things like blindness or amputations and so on. Oh, wow. It's because the sugar attaches itself to protein and then it prevents the protein from being able to function or, or do its job. And then by extension, the tissue and the organs aren't able to do their job as, as well. And it's one of the reasons why our, our skin wrinkles or why our, our, our blood vessels and arteries and veins can get, get more stiff. It's because of these crosslinks. Yeah. Wow. Thanks for explaining that. It's fascinating. Seriously, just fascinating. So, I mean, I think a lot of people hearing this like I perked up when you said, you know, that's kind of where wrinkles come from. And can, can your, and I know you've created some products around this. You've got uh, Novos Core and Novos Boost. And are these products that can actually like even start maybe fading some of these wrinkles that maybe people have? Cause I know a lot of people worry about that. I mean, I know there's other, all the great health benefits, but unfortunately people are like, well, how do I get rid of these wrinkles? <laughs> right. Of course. Right. Yeah. My aunt, my aunt is always saying that to me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she wanted my prototype before we were even ready to sell it. Uh, yeah, I bet. Yeah. I bet. But uh, does that, I mean, obviously it probably definitely helps in that I would imagine. Yeah. So when we formulated the product, we 
wanted to first and foremost address the the mechanisms, the causes of aging, and okay. this is a long term supplement in the sense of the longer gotcha. you take it, the better yeah. it will be for you. Just like exercise or eating healthy, yeah. the longer yeah. you do it for, the better for you it is. Uh, but with that said, we also, to your point, we're aware of of people's you know need for short term benefits to see things happening for them to. Um, to, to, to continue using the product. So we included some ingredients that not only had long-term longevity benefits, but also happened to have short-term benefits as well. Okay. So one of them is skin health. So we've got ingredients like hyaluronic acid. This is the oral form. So uh, okay. if, if it wasn't clear before, this Novos Core is an oral supplement. So it's a powdered drink mix, no okay. calories, but tastes like orange. And you pour it into your water, you drink it. The reason we did it this way is because it would otherwise take 15 pills. So oh. <laughs> uh, this is much easier for people yeah, to ingest. Yeah, I want to avoid that. <laughs> right. But a lot of a lot of your audience might be aware of hyaluronic acid in skin creams, but actually when you ingest it, it's okay. actually even more effective. It makes its way into all of your skin and it, uh, these fine, fine lines and wrinkles and improve hydration in your skin. But other ingredients also like glycine is is a uh, amino acid that you find in um, collagen and it's not really available in muscle meats and the typical types of uh, foods people are eating. Um, alpha ketoglutarate is something that our bodies naturally produce and goes down exponentially um, after your mid to late 20s. Okay. Um, that can also improve skin health and then also glucosamine sulfate. A lot of people are familiar with glucosamine for joint health reasons, yes. but it can actually yeah. improve your skin and collagen. And more importantly, this this ingredient was uh, found in a study done in the UK where they looked at more than 100,000 people uh, retrospectively, and they can compare all different supplements and they were trying to find if any of them improved lifespan. And they found that those who were taking glucosamine sulfate had lower death rates from all cause mortality. And then when they mm. dug into it, they found that it, it, it was um, uh, fewer heart attacks. Now I can't make any claims that glucosamine or Novos is going to you know prevent these right. things uh, sure. for FDA reasons, I can't. But in that study, that's what they found. Gotcha, wow, fascinating stuff. You know, um, so you're, it's, it just blows my mind here you know, thinking back when you were this kid and you saw that men's health magazine and it's it like, it almost like it unlocked this, this passion, this desire to really start taking care of yourself. And, and then you throw in, unfortunately at the time, the brain tumor, but fortunately you've made it through that obviously, but it's just interesting how that had that not happened, let's say, who knows if you would be doing this right now. Like if you wouldn't have seen that men's health magazine and I'm always blown away at people's stories that there's always this thing that kind of like that, like this aha moment, like, Oh, that's, that's what I want to do. Or that makes sense to me, or I'm drawn to this. I just think that's so cool about your story. And then, and now you're doing this amazing, these amazing products that help not only just with skin health, but overall health and, and helping us stay younger, longer. Thank you. Yeah. And, and a couple of other other benefits that I, I didn't mention that your audience might care about is sure. um, one is the, another short term benefit is improving mood. So this is one of the more commonly reported benefits of Novos is an improvement in calmness. Okay. And that's probably the result of three ingredients in particular. 
So one is a little bit more common, commonly known at least is magnesium, but we use the yeah. malate form of magnesium because sure. malate has longevity effects. Um, the second is uh, a lot of people know about it because of their cell phones uh, is lithium. Yep. So uh, we have a <laughs> micro dose of lithium. Now, lithium is also used in prescription form in psychiatric settings, uh, but they use about 500 to 1,000 uh, milligrams of lithium. We use one milligram. And one milligram is what we uh, would find historically, roughly speaking, in our food supply. So, for example, salmon has lithium in it. Uh, well water has lithium in it. And there okay. are studies that have found that Societies that, that have high lithium content in their water, in their drinking water, have lower rates of, of suicide, have lower rates mm. of, um, of Alzheimer's, dementia, and so on. And studies in animals um, somewhat verify that, that um, hypothesis. So um, we've included lithium also for its effects on the epigenome. So I mentioned that earlier, the epigenetic yeah. Um, yeah. aging. Um, so yeah. that's another ingredient. And then L-theanine is is um, an ingredient found in green tea that can actually um, help to to produce alpha waves um, in your brain which essentially is more of a calm state and wow. uh, um, and, and that can also um, help with calmness all of this then also translates into improved sleep potentially uh, which is commonly reported with novos which then can lead into better energy during the day kind of like we were talking about before in terms of yeah. the importance of of uh, nutrition and, and good sleep. Yeah. Wow. Beautiful, man. It's amazing, man. You're, I love what you're doing and I love that uh, you can tell that you're very passionate about it, you know, yes. other than some of the other jobs you had in the past, <laughs> <laughs> yes. you know, but I, you know, going back to what I said earlier, life does happen for us. And as I listen to your story, Chris, just even with all the ups and downs, how it's led you to be doing this amazing product for people, and your company, I think it's amazing. And I'm just grateful to be able to hear and learn more about it. And I know our listeners are probably going, this is amazing. If if someone wants to reach out to you, Chris, and and know more about you, and then obviously uh, maybe look into your products and stuff, what's where's the best place to do that? And how would they do that? Sure, so a, a, a few different channels. So uh, on Instagram, slowmyage is my, is my username. Okay. Um, also, uh, hasn't launched yet, but I will have a blog up, uh, maybe by the time this airs, it will be up. It, it will also be slowmyage.com, and it's about my personal experiment Okay. to slow my age. What I didn't mention earlier is that uh, I'll be 38 next week, but I'm taking, um, tests, these advanced epigenetic tests, which will tell me how old I am biologically. Yeah. And, um, I've they are those. minus 11 years. Yeah, so uh, my results are that of a 27-year-old, and for my immune system, it's that of a 19-and-a-half-year-old. So uh, I want to share with the world how oh, I'm yes. doing this, the experiments that I, sure. I'm in the lifestyle. So, um, And then yeah. novoslabs.com slash blog has a lot of really great content. I have a co-founder, Dr. Chris Verberg, uh, who authored okay. um, most of the articles there. They're fully scientifically referenced. You can learn more about aging and uh, lifestyle hacks and so on. And one other thing that I think is important I didn't mention is beyond my co-founder, Dr. Verberg, we sure. have a team of amazing scientists. So they're from Harvard, MIT, the Salk Institute, uh, world-class scientists who study aging, one of whom, for example, 
uh, invented genome sequencing in 1984. So we're talking about oh, world-class wow. scientists who yeah. have helped us, helped us to get to the point that we have with the science behind our, our formula. Very cool. Um, basically saying this is legit <laughs> and I love it. And I think it's right. so wonderful. I will, I'll include all of that in the show notes when we, when we go live. So everyone will have links to all of that. Um, but uh, I can't thank you enough, Chris, for spending some time with me today. It's been fabulous to, to learn more about you. Thanks for being vulnerable of what you've been through. And, but also thank you for sharing all the good things you're doing now with your Novos company. I think it's fantastic. Of course. Of course. I appreciate it. It was, it was a pleasure to be on. Yeah. Well, thank you. And, uh, I, you know, I can't wait for our listeners to hear this and, uh, it's really going to make a difference for a lot of people. So thank you. Um, if I'm going to ask you one last question, Chris, okay. And, and this is just, an, I always like to ask this. If there's someone listening to you right now, who's struggling, no matter what it could be, they're just having a rough time. What, what's one thing you could tell them right now that would help them? And I know you've shared a lot of good things already, but what's one thing you could hit that one person who's hearing your voice right now that needs some help? Wow. Yeah, that's a, that's a very difficult question uh, yeah. to, to give a, a good answer for. Uh, there's so many different, different ways to, to go about doing it. Uh, one of the things I, I mentioned earlier was to um, at least take care of yourself. Uh, yeah. the, the, the power that uh, health can have uh, from, from your nutrition and from your lifestyle and you know getting out, breathing fresh air in the sun, being physically active, eating the right foods, getting the right minerals and vitamins uh, can, can really be transformative in terms of your mood and your perspective and perception of things. And um, it could be the slightest change in the right direction, but that could be enough to start the momentum to then have a really positive impact on your life. Love it. Very well said. See, you did great. That was beautiful. <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> Thank well, you. Chris, Thank thanks you. again. I really do appreciate your time and uh, for sharing your story with us today. It's been fantastic. Of course. Of course. Thank you. Yeah. Well, guys, there you go. Another amazing episode with Chris uh, Marabelli. Please reach out to him. Uh, like I said, I'll have all his links in the show notes. Um, um, I'm going to try his product, to be totally honest with you. I love to I love what he's saying here and I'm going to give this a shot and, uh, and I'll even, you know, report back on how I'm doing, but, uh, please reach out to him. And again, thank you for tuning in. Please share this with your family and friends, this episode. And, uh, you know, cause we want to keep the good work going around. So thank you. And as Chris would probably say, let's live well. Yes. All right. Till next time, everyone take care. <laughs>